0: Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin, doing post-game pod for the Mavs' much-needed win against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, we'll get into that, plus uh, you know a few interesting games that are uh, you know happened around the league and uh, kind of what's going on. But uh, we'll start with the Mavs game versus. The uh, Memphis Grizzlies um, So the Mavs did get the win um, It was a much needed win On the second night of a back to back One thing that uh, One thing that came up I guess You know I did my my pod after the game Of the Brooklyn game And so I Really wasn't listening to the broadcast Because I, I don't like the national guys And Obviously I'm, I You know what what I missed, basically, is one of the biggest reasons why I really dislike these national guys is uh, the big story was the consistent talk about Luka's weight. You know, Luka could be out of shape. I get it. He, he does it every... The start of every year, um, it doesn't really affect how the season ends, I, I don't think. I know some people will probably try and put the two together, but in my opinion, it doesn't. Um, He's always in shape by the time the season ends. I know some people could say, well, you could have better playoff positioning, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of their, like, to me, probably about 5% of their problems is Luka being overweight. And 95% of the problem is lack of talent around him. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, kids done, Jason kids done <clears throat> over these last, you know, 20 games is... You know, he's adjusted the starting lineup. Um, He's trying to figure out who can play, who can do what. And, you know, some people still talk about how the offense is clunky, and I get it. It is. But being a new coaching staff, they're pretty much learning what these guys can and can't do. And they're pretty much learning that there's a lot of things that they can't do. And basically doing things like, taking people off the dribble, you know, handling the ball, passing, just little things They just, you know, they, they can't do it. So, um, basically, it, it looks like they're slowly but surely going back to the offense. They were running, um, you know, under Carlisle, with a few exceptions. You know, there is a lot more Porzingis being involved, which – is what you kind of have to have if you plan on doing anything because you got to have that second player who can, you know, get you 20 points a game. and um, Porzingis is the closest thing they have to that. Um, As far as last night goes, um, you know, the team shot pretty well from three. 36% is a good, like, team percentage. Now, you know, there were certain guys like Hardaway who had uh, just another kind of bad night. You know, he only had nine points. He was one for six from three. But, you know, I. If. I know. I know this isn't going to happen because obviously I, I don't think Cuban will do anything. I don't think he'll make any changes to this team, even, you know, after kind of the report about Indiana looking to, you know, kind of rebuild. I don't think Cuban will make a deal. The, the the only thing I could see Cuban doing at all is waiving uh, Kali Stein if, only if, Dragic gets bought out. I, I don't see any other move that will be made. I, I, I think that'll be it. I will Now, I'm not saying it's not going to be made, obviously. I You never know. But in my opinion, the way he's run this team the last ten years, I just don't see him making a trade for Miles Turner or even you know Demontis Sabonis. You know, I I don't I don't know what Indiana's going to want for Sabonis. Um, obviously, you would have to put Powell in the deal to make that. You know, I was playing with the trade machine, and a Powell, Brunson, and Colley Stein would make it happen. Now they're probably going to want some draft picks. But, um, I would be fine to, um, I would be fine to trade Brunson if we could get, um, if we could get Demontis bonus because I think there's Brunsons all around the league. I think you could bring in Saderansky from New Orleans, no problem. They'd be willing to trade him, or even like I said, if you can get Drogic in a buyout, and I think it just makes up for Brunson. I like Brunson, I do. He struggled last night. He was one of the guys that struggled. He only had ten points. He did have seven assists, and he had a couple offensive rebounds. But um, you know, he was zero for two on his threes, and he was three for eight overall, and just an okay game. Um, Luca obviously played the best. You know, he did have nine turnovers. That is one thing he's got to do something about. Some of them were just bad turnovers. He had to. You know, trying to make long passes. It's like, don't worry. I, I understand, you know, trying to get the fast break point. I do, but I, I just feel like they're in a situation where you got to get the win and you've got to start taking care of the ball. You've got to get wins. And turning the ball over really hurts. Um, But shooting-wise, you know, he was 50%. You know, that's a really good shooting percentage from three. He was 50% from three. Um, another guy that had a, a good night. It was. It's very important he has a good night. Is Reggie Bullock? You know, one of the reasons why this offense is clunky, and one of the biggest reasons why they get no points in the paint is defenses clog the paint against Dallas. That's just how it is. They clog the paint. They they know that if Luca drives. To the rim, they're gonna pass. He's gonna pass it if they clog the lane to Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kristaps Porzingis, Bronson, whoever he's playing with, and they're gonna shoot it, and they're probably gonna miss it because their shooting this year has just been atrocious. And Dorian Finney-Smith, to his credit, has really increased his shooting percentage, and, I, and I've noticed someone brought it up that he's up to somewhere around thirty-eight percent for the season and I, I that's one thing I have noticed and I brought it up he you can tell he is improving his three-point percentage his shot is getting there now he was over two last night but he he was four for four on his twos you know he found other ways to get you know to score you know he had six rebounds but you know a lot of what he does is cut to the basket and stuff To the, and that's what you know he's got to do is cut to the basket and stuff but uh um, Bullock though was four for six on his threes. You know, if, if you can get Bullock now, somebody showed a, a stat where Bullock starts every year slow, and so he's just kind of on his pace that he's always been. And if that's true, then you know, starting at thirty percent and ending a season at forty percent, you you're shooting a really good percentage. Of that you know, second half of the season, if if you're shooting forty percent and you're starting that bad, so. Um. I'm hoping that, you know, he can make three or four three pointers a game and force the defense to guard him. And if you force, if Dorian Finney Smith and Reggie Bullock can force the defense to guard them, that will just open up the lane for Luka and Porzingis. Now, they still have Powell out there starting at center. Um, you know, some people, you know, still talk about Maxi starting, but I think the reason they don't start Maxi, and they play, you know, Powell, and, you know, they, like, christophs does get time at the center position, but the reason, you know, they play Powell is to protect Porzingis from injury and foul problem, you know. Porzingis had five fouls, you know, yesterday. They, you know, Memphis has uh, Stephen Adams. Now, their backup center position is not that great. It's that, that Tillman, I believe, and and that kind of gets me to the next thing where, you know, one guy that, um, and even the coach made the comment at after the game was, you know, Moses Brown came in and he just made a difference. He brought energy. And that's what he does. And I, I, I know, you know, fans wanted Moses Brown. They put him in, a, at the, in the starting lineup against the worst possible team. He doesn't have a good game. And all of a sudden, you know, Media people are making fun of fans because we wanted Moses Brown. And I'm like, you know what? First of all, I didn't say he had to start Moses Brown. I said you have to play Moses Brown. And another thing is, is you you set him up to fail. We all saw it. You set him up to fail. And he didn't play well. Now, I would have loved to see Moses Brown play against New Orleans the other night, against Hernan Gomez. I thought Moses Brown would have been just fighting against Hernan Gomez, just like... Last night, he was just fine against Tillman. Now, he had to go up against Steven Adams, and I thought he did a pretty darn good job. Now, you know, he was only one for four from the field, but he was seven for eight on his free throws. That that was the most shocking part to me. And he had four offensive rebounds. You know, he had seven rebounds overall. He played 12 minutes. You know, put that in perspective. He played, Powell played 20 minutes, scored two points, and got five rebounds. Moses Brown played 12 minutes, got nine points and seven rebounds. I mean, it's... He also had two blocks where you know Powell had none. And not that this is a brag on Powell, it, but what it is is your center position is a really bad position right now, and it's something you really need to upgrade. And even if it's something as small as going out and trading Powell for someone like Olenek, you know, and I've sorry even Hernan Gomez is probably better than Powell, even though Hernan Gomez is not that good of a player. He's really not. That's why I wanted to see Moses Brown play against New Orleans because you know, watching Powell just you know watching Hernan Gomez put a clinic on Powell, you know, just it, it was frustrating. And so, seeing Moses Brown out there, seeing the players, you know, coach him up as he's on the floor was just something I'd love to see because. I think the players know that in order for them to be successful, Moses Brown not only has to play, but he's got to play well. And he's their only chance at protecting the rim. He's their only chance at getting rebounds, fighting for rebounds. He can – you know, he had a couple shots that were a little kind of crazy. And, you know, like I said, those were the mistakes. But you can – you know, his mistakes, even with his mistakes – He's ten times the player Willie Cauley-Stein is. And he's probably four times, five times the player that White Powell is. I don't know who's worse between Powell and Cauley-Stein. At least Powell tries. Cauley-Stein doesn't even try. So it was really good to see Moses Brown out there. Um, It was really good to see him compete. It was really good to see him play well and even have the coach on the other end make a comment about him. So that's all, you know, positives. Um another guy that I thought I, I liked seeing out there um, Josh green at, at some point you, you've got to play him you've got to decide if he's worth keeping or trading he, he's a young player he only did one year of college you, you got to start developing these guys now you're you know Dallas runs into this problem where not only are they not competing for a championship but they're not developing the young players and so it's like this double-edged sword, you can't bring in free agents and you can't develop the players you're drafting and it's you, you just they just can't figure it out. And it's very frustrating. At some point, they just got to start developing their players. And so, you know, they, they need to play Josh Green. Is Josh Green a guy who's going to have to learn by playing just like Moses Brown? Yeah, let's do it. You know, I would rather see Josh Green out there making his mistakes than Trey Burke out there not being able to defend. Because, I mean, Trey Burke's going to give you six, eight points a game, maybe. But how much is he going to give up on the other end? At least Josh Green can defend. Josh Green defends hard. You know, he was two for three. He scored four points. He got a rebound. He only played ten minutes. But at some point you got to play him. You know, I'd, I'd almost rather see him than Tim Hardaway. The way Tim Hardaway can shoot you out of a game, you know, Tim Hardaway's shooting percentage is awful. I would love to see the Mavs move Tim Hardaway. You know, if we could trade Tim Hardaway, like I, I bet you the Los Angeles Lakers would love to have Tim Hardaway, and I'd be willing to send him there. I bet Brooklyn would love to have Tim Hardaway, but I just don't know who Brooklyn has that I might want. You know, I would like, I would like to have. Uh, I think Dallas could get Taylor Horton Tucker for sending Tim Hardaway. Now, Lakers would have to come up with other players because Hardaway makes twice as much as Tucker, but I think Dallas could do that. I, I, I think L.A. would be willing to take Hardaway because L.A. is – they're in a win-now position, and I, I think they want to win now because LeBron's only getting older, and, you know, Lakers don't have anybody that has that – you're really scared of shooting the three-point basket now The way Hardaway's been playing, nobody's really scared of him at this point, but you never know. And, obviously, they probably wouldn't make the trade because, you know, they'd probably have a series against the Lakers and Hardaway would end up, you know, winning the game by shooting because Hardaway can go 12 for 13 on his threes. Problem is, is this year he's shooting so poorly that going 12 for 13, he'd still have a bad shooting percentage. So, Um. Other than that, Maxi Maxi was just okay. He only scored two points. He missed with the one three pointer he took. He had five rebounds. He was just eh. Maxi is off and on, and I I think, like I said, I I think they play him the minutes that he gets. You know, the twenty minutes a game to protect him from injury. So, um, next on the uh, schedule is Indiana. Um, from what I understand, Rick Carlisle is in health and safety protocol, so he will, i don't think he will be coaching the team tomorrow. I could be wrong, but I don't think he'll be coaching the team. Um, Indiana has picked it up lately. They're—they're they're only five games below 500. Um, I know that's obviously not a good record. You know, 11 and 16, but you know the Eastern Conference is much more difficult. And they had such a slow start that to me being eleven sixteen, 16 you know, they kind of, they look a lot better than they did uh, when the year started. So, um, but, you know, like the news report was, is they're looking to sort of rebuild. Um, you know, I, I know that they only said they were willing to move Levert sabonis or turner which leads me to believe they're not doing a full rebuild i, I think they're just looking to get rid of some dead money you know because lavert's making a lot of money and he's not really contributing and um i guess sabonis and turner for whatever reason don't play well together they both kind of clog the paint neither of them are really great shooters um and they both make, you know, they just both make a lot of money, and I think they're looking to just kind of dump one of them and try to, you know, improve at other spots. So we'll see. Hopefully Dallas can get the win. Um, you know, I you, you just never know with this Mavs team if, you know, they could go out there and shoot 40% and blow out Indiana, but then they could go out there and shoot – you know 17 percent and get blown out this team is so jekyll and hyde it just it's very frustrating um another interesting score from uh last night's game was houston beating brooklyn now brooklyn was on their second night of the back-to-back and uh houston beat them Houston has been on a... Houston, I, I thought I saw something that said they're the first team in like NBA history to have a 15-game losing streak with a seven-game winning streak in the same season. I mean, it's something crazy, but it looks like uh, Kevin Durant didn't play. Um, for what I guess Kevin Durant is being held out on some back-to-backs, but James Harden did. James Harden played 40 minutes, scored 25 points, um, but... You know, the, other than Harden and and uh, Durant, and I guess also uh, now that I see Joe Harris, I guess, hasn't been playing because I don't remember seeing him against Dallas, but Aldrich didn't play either. Uh, for Houston, Jalen Green um, and Kevin Porter Jr. and Daniel House, who were, you know, those are three basically, I don't know if House is a starter, but I think Green and Porter were starters. Um but I, I think because they put in the lineup Eric Gordon and Garrison Matthews, who has NBA experience. And of course Christian Wood getting more shots with, you know, Jalen Green out, I, I think it's made them win some games. Now, I figured management at some point will put a stop to it because I think they would like to lose games um it's it's kind of funny i i assume they're gonna trade eric gordon at some point garrison matthews he's still a young player so that's somebody they could probably hold on to um he's just you know he he's one of those guys that you might know is on a team for five weeks but then he has a game like he had last night where you know he scored 19 and you know, he was only three for 11 on his threes, but he had seven free-throw attempts, and he made six of them. You know, he's not a guy you think of as someone who can, you know, help a team like Houston beat Brooklyn. So um, I just thought it was funny that Houston beat him. Uh, you know, uh, Thunder beat the Raptors. You know, the Raptors are one of those teams that can go out and beat any team, but they can also go out to lose to any team, and that was pretty evident last night. Um, Miami – Beat Milwaukee. Uh, the you know Pacers beat the Knicks. The Wizards beat the Pistons. Cavaliers beat the Bulls, which to me was probably the most kind of significant game because the Bulls have been on a really a really good run. Uh, I I noticed that uh, it looks like DeRozan didn't yeah DeRozan didn't play and Caruso didn't play. Along with Kobe White, and uh, I guess of course Colin Sexton's out, but you know Garland had twenty four points, um, Mobley had sixteen points, nine rebounds, five blocks. I, Mobley's the real deal, man. I, you know, that's just one of those guys. I, I think in, I think in five years people are going to be talking about him as one of the best players in the league. I, I just think, you know, Cleveland. They kind of hit the lottery with that one. Uh, They've put together a really good team, you know. I've talked about it before. You know, Kevin Love's an inspired player. You know, Kevin Love can still rebound. Jared Allen is a really good player. The idea that he's overpaid was funny. You know, he only had one block, but, you know, he was, he had 12 rebounds. You know, he had 13 points, which isn't great, but, you know, the way, you know, he's got a he shares front court with Market and Mobley. You know, Marketing had fourteen points. So I just think they've done a really good job putting a team together and it paid off. You know, they, they beat Chicago in a big game and I, I think I think Cleveland is in the top ten to stay I, I think I think somebody who was expected to at least make the play and is not gonna make it, whether that's you know right now it's new york they're the you know odd man sitting out um the the celtics are only half a game ahead you know i, I talk about this on every pod but indiana's in 13th spot and they're only 7 games out of first place you know the 7th game so the team that's 7 games out of first place in the west is the 4th seed on well, the east it's the 13th seed that's how bunched together they are now in the West, you know Memphis is the fourth seed, and San Antonio, or I guess I should say Oklahoma City, is the fourteenth seed. So from four to fourteen, is a five game difference, five and a half game difference. So that's you know that whole, that whole thing is bundled up. But like I said, I I know Houston's won seven in a row, which is kind of crazy, uh, but. I don't think they're there. I don't think New Orleans is there, or Oklahoma City. You know, even when Zion comes back, I just don't think New Orleans has enough. I think they will make some moves. I don't know who's going to get traded, but I think they will make some trades. Um, San Antonio, I don't think will be there. Um, or I don't think will make the playoffs. So, you know, what's funny right now is that the, the 11th spot is Portland. You know, Sacramento actually passed them. Now, it's only a half a game difference between Minnesota, who's ninth, and Portland, that's 11th. So there's, uh, you know, a lot of movement to still be, you know, done. So it's just – it's very interesting how – the I, I don't know how this Western Conference is going to shake out. You know, it's, it's kind of – you know, last year, Atlanta had such a bad start. They fired their coach. And Nate McMillan, who's a veteran coach, coached them all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, I don't think Sacramento is going to make the Western Conference Finals, but – You know, I've always thought Luke Walton was a bad coach. You know, Alvin Gentry's a veteran coach. He's got them playing, you know, good basketball. They've won three in a row. So, you know, I don't know if Sacramento makes the playoffs. Maybe they do, maybe they make it instead of Minnesota. So, uh, one of the interesting things, uh, Minnesota lost the other day to, uh, I think it was the same night as the Dallas-Memphis game um, or it could have been the night before. I, I don't remember. Maybe it was last night. But uh, they lost to Utah, and I guess some of the guys from Minnesota were, were talking a lot of trash about Gobert. I guess they're not Gobert fans. And they, they that Anthony Edwards made the comment that he thought the best shot blocker in the league was Porzingis, and I just I thought that was very very interesting for him to say. Now, I don't think Porzingis is the best shot blocker. Honestly, I think it's like Jared Allen or Anthony Davis or something like that. Or to me, are the, probably the better shot blockers. Um, but here, uh, <laughs> when he said something like he doesn't get a lot of layups against Dallas or something like that, I just I, I found that intriguing. Um, I I I don't know how many times he's played against Dallas. Maybe it's three, four times. I don't know. I, I don't remember. But I just found that very interesting to, for him to say. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and end it right there. Um, I will do a pod on Saturday morning for the uh, postgame for the Indiana game. I'm hoping Dallas wins. I really do. They, they need to get on a win streak. They need to start hitting some shots, and hopefully, you know, Luca can play his way into shape. You never know, but uh, until next time, um, I guess you know my Twitter thing. My you know, those of you who are still here, you've heard it enough. If you're, you know, if you want to follow me on Twitter and give me a good rating, blah blah blah. So uh, I guess until next time, we'll see you later.